0: What's up, folks? Welcome back in, as always, to another NBA Wednesday here on Ride in the Pine. Jack Reidener with you all today. And yes, I am riding again solo. Tom's a busy man. I have to say, the guy is a busy, busy man. But don't worry, we're going to get Tom back on the show when his schedule allows. But anywho, folks, we've got a lot to get into today. We obviously have a little bit of the NBA Finals to preview, Lakers hiring a new coach. And speaking of coaching, the Utah Jazz, they might have them, might have themselves a new coach themselves, depending on what happens with Quinn. Snyder. Anyways, folks, hope everyone enjoyed the three-day weekend as always, and we'll get into it. We'll dive right into it because we've got the NBA Finals tomorrow. Yes, NBA Finals happening tomorrow, nine o'clock tip off. We've got the Warriors, the Celtics. Me personally, I'm really excited for this series. I mean, I I honestly felt that whoever was in the East, at least, whoever was going to come out of that Buck Celtics series was going to go on to the finals. Now, I know that the Celtics had a little bit of a Tougher road, if you will, having to go up against a good Heat team. You look at the Warriors, you know, they had their kind of way with the Mavericks a little bit here and there, but it's two very interesting teams. It's two, I would say, very identical teams in terms of they've got guys that are all five able to play, you know, one through five positions. They can play any position, really. What I'm going to be looking at is the Celtics defense and how they cover Steph Curry. Because I think that's going to be the main headline, right? I mean, you have to look at this, this Celtics team defensively and say they can do a lot of things. They can switch out pretty much to anybody on the perimeter. Big can go out and cover a guard, vice versa, right? I think guys like Grant Williams are going to be very key. Obviously, you've got guys like Robert Williams who's going to be very key. And then not to mention, you've got Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. And I think that he's going to have himself a tough, tough time with, gover- with, with, with covering Steph Curry. But at the same time, if you look at it, I don't think Marcus Smart needs to necessarily sh- shut down Steph Curry because at the end of the day, Steph Curry, is Steph Curry, right? He's going to get his shots. He's going to find his way. He's a very good basketball player. He's an incredibly conditioned athlete. So he's going to get open. He's going to find his shots. He's going to get his way, if you will. On the flip side, though, Marcus Smart, I think what his job going to be is just tiring out Steph Curry, slow him down, make things challenging for him. Right? The Celtics team's aggressive. The Warriors, they don't really like to play aggressive style of basketball. So if this Celtics team can come out, they need to be a little bit careful with the foul situations. Though, I have noticed just watching them in the playoffs, at times they have run into foul trouble at times. They've had guys like Al Horford fouling out, guys like Marcus Smart fouling out, so on and so forth. And as a result... Kind of, you know, throws off the rhythm when you don't really know who you can go to with guys getting in foul trouble. So for the Warriors, if you can get their defense and the other guys in foul trouble on the Celtics, you're going to be fine. You're going to be A-okay. But then for the Celtics, really, if you slow down Steph Curry, you bog him down, you make life very difficult for him. I mean, I don't see why the Celtics couldn't win this finals. I have the Celtics winning, honestly. I think that people are looking at the Warriors, and yes, I get it. They've got, what, 123 games across their entire roster of finals experience, and the Celtics have none. You can look at that one way, sure. Experience plays a lot. But at the same time, you've got a team like the Celtics, who I think have been battle-tested. They've had much more to go through in these playoffs with back-to-back seven-game series to have to deal with. Right again. The Warriors are coming off a pretty easy series with the Mavericks. It wasn't real challenging. Okay, so you look at it that way, and I'm like, the Celtics—they're a little bit more battle-tested. They're a little bit more—they've—they've they've gone through a much tougher road to get to where they're at than I think the Warriors have. And I'm not saying that that's going to be a good or bad thing for either side. But when things go sideways and when things are not going in favor of the Celtics they've been able to respond they have shown that in the playoffs this year being able to whether it's you know getting out of the foul trouble situation right making clutch buckets when you need to yeah there have been times when they've been cold sure but I think that the Celtics this is a really good team Folks, this is like the best team in basketball, arguably, since January 1st. I mean, they have been on a roll. People don't realize, like, they were not very good to start the season. They've been able to pick it up. They've been able to kind of get a little bit of a rhythm going here. And as a result, I think that's why the Celtics team They're carrying a lot of momentum. So I've got the Celtics winning. I think it'll go six games, personally. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors won, though. I mean, that's kind of what, you know, I think everyone's thinking. Oh, this team's been here before. It's the same core group of guys. But again, let's face it, folks. The Clay Thompson of old is not the same Klay Thompson, right? So that's another thing you have to factor in. Draymond Green's still doing his thing, but he's not the same Draymond Green that he was three, four, five years ago. I think really only Steph Curry is the only player from that time frame who has still continued to be a very constant theme amongst the top players in the NBA. So I think guys like Jordan Poole are going to be very important. Right, you've got guys that are coming off of injuries like Gary Payton. The second is he going to be good to go? Is Andre Iguodala going to be good to go? Is Otto Porter Jr. going to be good to go? That's the other thing about these two teams. They've got great role players. Both teams have tremendous role players, and I think that's going to be another X factor. Which role players are going to step up more for which teams? I think that you look at the Warriors; those role players, like I mentioned a couple of them, I rattled off. They're injured. They've been battling injuries. I mean, Gary Payton the second hasn't played since he broke his elbow in the Grizzly series. Andre Iguodala has barely played in these playoffs. Same with Otto Porter Jr. So getting those guys acclimated to playing in the finals, coming off of an injury. Now, good thing that Iguodala has played in the finals before, and he's got some experience, but... It's, it's hard to come back from an injury like that, whatever injury it might be, and get thrusted right into the finals. That's not an easy thing to do. And I'm not saying that the Celtics haven't had an easy path either. I mean, they've dealt with some injuries here. and in Marcus Smart's been banged up. Al Horford's been banged up. I mean, it's that time of the year. Guys are going to get injured, right? It's getting towards the end of the season. So I've got Celtics in six. I think they're going to pull it out. I think we're going to be in for a great series, though. I really do. I know they split this season series in the regular season one apiece. What's funny is both teams that won, the Celtics and the Warriors, they won on each other's home court. So these are two teams that perform well on the road. And I have said this many times. If you perform well on the road, you're most likely going to win the NBA Finals. But anyways, we'll get out of that. Again, Celtics and six, that's what I'm saying. Getting into some coaching talk, because now the Lakers, the LA Lakers have a new coach, Darvin Ham. Coming over from my Milwaukee Bucks, an assistant coach for them the last couple years, he's going to have himself a tough time, I think, right when he gets in. I think that he will adjust nicely, but at the same time, it's not going to be easy, right? I don't think any coach would say that this is an easy situation to step into when you've got arguably the biggest name in basketball for the last 20 years and LeBron James, maybe the last 15, 20 years, whatever. Then you also have Anthony Davis, who is also a big time player. And then Russell Westbrook, who's kind of this, I don't want to say odd man out, but he kind of is the odd man out. And you're trying to jam this puzzle piece into the puzzle that hasn't really been fitting. And so I feel that Darvin Ham's going to have his hands full, but at the same time, he's got experience coaching, really good talent, right? He was actually the Lakers assistant coach back in the early 2010s. So he's had experience coaching guys like Kobe Bryant. Paul Gasol, he knows how to deal with star-studded talent, and I think that's what the Lakers are trying to do. They need to find a coach that can handle these egos and get them to work together. I think that's the biggest problem right now in LA. You've got Russell Westbrook who's on one side and on, on one page of the book, and then LeBron James who's on the completely other page of the book. right On a totally different chapter, everything else. And I've said this and I feel like I'm a broken record. I've said this so many times. They have contrasting styles of play. When you got two guys on the same team that are combative in the style of play that they go out and and, and execute on the court, it's not going to look pretty. That's just kind of obvious, in my opinion. And so I think that Darvin Ham, having that experience, being around star talent, being around that type of ego, because there is a little bit of an ego that goes on with guys that are that big of a star and that big of a talent... You have to somehow mold that and mesh that in with other egos to get everybody to work together. I think that they need to make some offseason moves. I think that they need to be a little bit more careful of what role players they get rid of, because I think now we're starting to see that, you know, these teams that are in the finals. They've got two or three, you know, mostly just two really, 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 really like star studded talent. And then everybody else kind of fills in the blanks and they're role players in LA. You've got a bunch of aging superstars and I think role players that are being pushed to the back and, and are, I don't want to say non-existent, but they're not really part of the team makeup. I mean, look at a guy like Malik Monk. I know that he's been kind of hit or miss in his career, but he's a guy that I think would be you know, a great asset to have. And I've, and I've gone back and forth with Tom about this when he's been on NBA Wednesday about them getting Buddy Healed. They should have gone out and gotten Buddy Healed instead of Russ Westbrook. I think that would have been way better for their team chemistry. So there's a lot of things that I think the Lakers need to do. I think getting Darvin Ham was a great suggestion, a great idea. And again, he comes from a championship caliber background. He won a championship last year with the Bucks. So this isn't a guy that's, you know, stepping into his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. I think that's a good thing. I'm not going to say that it's going to be easy from the start, but he's going to have to, you know, I would say probably do something quicker sooner rather than later, because if not, you know, this Lakers team, they kind of show that they have a very short attention span for coaches. I mean, Frank Vogel was there for what, three, four years. I mean, really, if you look at it after Phil Jackson, there hasn't been a main staple coach for the Lakers in a long time. So I think there's kind of, again, searching for that other guy to bring in, try and get this team back to where they were once at and, you know, make a playoff run again, make a playoff push. So ultimately I think it's a good hire. I think it's going to pay off for them in the end, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning for Darvin Ham. Now wrapping up the show, cause we'll get out of here. I know everybody's probably on their lunch break, so I don't want to take too much time, too much of people's time, but getting into Quinn Snyder, there's been some reports coming out lately that this could be the end of the Snyder era in, Utah. Now, Quinn Snyder has a lengthy coaching resume and assistant at many different places. He's been with the Jazz for the last eight years, was very successful at Missouri as the head coach there, took them to to multiple NCAA tournaments, took them to, if I'm not mistaken, Sweet 16s, Elite 8s also. So, guy's a great coach. You look at how the team has been more or less the last six years. They've had 50 or more wins in three of those six years. That's really good. There's no question about that, but then you look at how they do in the playoffs, and it's almost like something something gets lost in translation, and they just don't play well anymore in the playoffs. They go to the first round; they're 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 bounced out of the first round. They go to the semifinals; they get bounced out of the semifinals. They have not gone past the semifinals in the NBA Western Conference playoffs since Quinn Snyder has taken over as the head coach, and they've had Donovan Mitchell, one of the top players in the NBA. Rudy Gobert, one of the top defenders in the NBA, Mike Conley Jr. They've had Jordan Clarkson, you know, six man of the year a couple years ago. So they've got talent. I don't think that it's a talent problem, but at the same time, I don't know if it's a Quinn Snyder problem. I've always been very impressed with Quinn Snyder. I've always felt that he's actually a very good coach. I think that he's been a quietly good coach. He's somebody that people don't really, you know, think of top of mind when it comes to coaches in the NBA. And I think that he should be given a little bit more respect. He's a great coach. He, again, has a very lengthy background. I actually have his bio pulled up right here. I'll actually go ahead and pull it up for everybody at home. And Just a reminder, folks, this will be coming up. The video will be going out and being posted immediately after this ends, and then the audio will be coming out later today as well, so make sure you're checking out the video as well as the audio. The audio will be available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're checking out yesterday's new episode as well, but getting into Quinn Snyder's bio. I mean, you look at it back in the nineties was an assistant for the Clippers and then 2010, 2011 assistant for the Sixers and he was an assistant for the Lakers and then he was an assistant for the Hawks and he's been the head coach of the jazz ever since 2014. But like I said, since 2014, the jazz have not been past the semifinals of the Western conference playoffs. So what do the jazz need to do? Do they need to go get a new coach? Do they need to have surround Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert with some other talent? I think what actually, and this is going to sound wild to a lot of people, I think they need to maybe get rid of Rudy Gobert. I know that sounds like a, why would you ever say that? But the reason is because, let's face it, the trend of the old-style big man is kind of fading, right? It's kind of dissipating. Can't really be that uber successful with a back-to-the-basket type of big. Rudy Gobert has no sort of offensive game to him at all. So if you think about it, you know, this is a team that everybody kind of looks at in high regard, but then they forget, well, you know, one of those two superstars doesn't really provide you much offense. And yeah, defense wins championships, but the offense has got to get you there. So I don't know if they need to, Maybe they need to move Rudy Gobert. Maybe they need to move some role players. I think they've got great role players, right? I mean, like I said, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley Jr. You've got Bogdan Bogdanovich. You've got guys that can play. You've got guys that can surround Donovan Mitchell. And I think what they're missing is a big, like a, maybe a Miles Turner, right? I think maybe a Miles Turner would be very ideal for them. Um, I think maybe even if they had gone after Sabonis, that would have worked well for them. They need a post player that can actually play offensive basketball. That's what they're missing. I don't think it's a Quinn Snyder problem. Maybe the organization does, and they want to try and breathe a little bit of fresh air into things, but I don't see it. I don't see a problem with what Quinn Snyder has been doing. I think that what happens is you plateau with a big that can only do so much and teams start to figure it out when they're playing a seven game series against each other. So maybe they need to get Rudy Gobert. Maybe they need to go out and make a trade for like a, a Miles Turner, a Bam Adebayo, right? Going out and getting somebody like that, that can actually play offensive basketball because Rudy Gobert outside of about six feet, he's useless, useless, great defender, Great defender, but I would bet all the money that I own that I would outshoot him from about 15 feet away. And I was about one for 75 in my men's league two weeks ago. So that tells you something, right? Anyways, we'll see what happens in Utah. It's going to be an interesting one. I would keep my eye out for that in, in this offseason and what goes on. But folks, as always, great NBA Wednesday. Really appreciate everybody that joined in. Make sure you check it out later on today. It's going to be going out later. And again, the audio will be coming out later as well. So make sure you check it out all out. But as always, folks, until next time on NBA Wednesday and on Ride in the Pine, you know what to do. Keep sitting the bench with me.